0: Welcome to the Connection Podcast. I'm Jason Keister, the show's producer here with hosts Drew Boreen and Lexi Deluna. Let's get ready to connect with somebody new today. Is the
1: <laughs>
0: Hush. Wait, we're starting. I think we started.
2: Hi. Um, welcome to the connection podcast. I get to do the intro this time and I have to fight to the death for it. Um, my name is Andrew uh Diggity Douglas Boreen. Next to me, we have Mr. Dr. Professor Jason Bishop, oh my gosh I messed it up, Mr. Dr. Bishop Professor Jason O'Brien Keister, then we have Lexi, and those are the hosts. Today we're interviewing uh, <laughs> Jeff Fuller, but before we get to that, um, Dr., uh, Mr. Dr. Bishop Jason Professor O'Brien Keister has something he wants to tell everyone.
0: Yes, Lexi, I have a surprise for you. Yes,
3: Lexi, Why no nickname, he? Lexi. No, it's just Lexi? I need well, Lexi nickname is a nickname. For tennis,
4: guys. Her name's oh. Alexis. You don't want to stick concerned. with Brandon's,
3: huh?
4: Yo. <laughs> this is gonna be our bishop. <laughs> Better. It's uh a... what it is. <laughs> this is a hey, custom For reference trope-y. to
2: everybody that is what? not the six of us okay, in this room.
3: Well, and and previous podcast listeners, and because
2: previous... I
4: am
3: aware of this. <laughs> Lexi was just uh, given a beautiful trophy, a glass trophy that's etched. you want to read the etching here, Lexi?
4: It says, War of the Wards, champion, third and fifth ward volleyball. That's going to third ward.
0: That is going in my office. You're like I paid oh, for guys. this. It's going in yeah. my office. <laughs> no, you, you already you
4: just have paid a place. For it. You earned
3: it. You picked earn out.
0: But <laughs> well, we haven't won yet. It, it has to be earned. Yeah, we, oh, haven't, haven't. we haven't had it yet. <laughs> no. Oh, you is, haven't so, played yet. So,
4: I'll, is this a, an official, like mutual sort of activity? Because, no, this isn't.
0: A, or, or is, is this like a
4: very selective? We have specific people we're bringing out for this.
0: It's an official activity, and we should have our best of the best teams. It's March twenty second.
3: Ooh. Show
2: up. What time? Wait. What time is it? 7 o'clock?
0: At the 66th Street building. Yep. 525- Are you setting eight, up chairs
3: for spectators to come? Yeah. Oh,
4: Open yes, up the is. overflow
0: and we we up on the stage. we were we even some music thinking on of the sides? <laughs> Connection podcast live at the- War Dude, the- that'd be
2: crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, we should- okay, We should, should have, have a, a sports, sports announcer. Me and Lexi. Well, no, I'm be, playing. It has to be me and me, you. Me and you will do Oh, that's
4: good point. Hey, I'm slightly
3: above average tall height. Taller than Lexi. What would your prediction be, Lexi? <laughs> Who is gonna win? Third ward. yeah.
4: Yeah, I'm I'm confident in that.
3: Yeah.
4: Um. The two tower morses.
3: The two tower morses aren't gonna defeat. The people you that scare towers. me are the
4: morses and Saron and Sauron. Carly <laughs> Ogan. But I think I convinced Carly Ogan to betray Fifth Ward. Hopefully. Oh,
0: I don't know if that's allowed. Wait, would I she actually is. defect? Would she go to? The
4: he bank? said that she will. She said she's gonna play on whichever team wins. <laughs> so I'm wondering like her we're
2: winning. Uh, Oh, that's
3: good. <laughs> I like that. Well, that's exciting. That's something to look forward to. Yeah, March twenty second is what said. Wait, that means yeah. I have to
2: learn what anything in volleyball means. because the scoring system is like the most like janky scoring system. It's I've ever almost seen. like no, you just go up by no. one. <laughs> but isn't it like fifteen? <laughs> You like first score is like you get fifteen and then thirty and then forty no, and then that long. is
4: tennis. That's, That's tennis. Is that volleyball?
2: Oh no, no volleyball three volleyball rounds.
4: Games. Three rounds and it just goes one, <laughs> one two three four time. five if up, you up can to twenty five. Then you can do volleyball. Okay,
1: we Basically.
4: got this. You just have to listen else,
0: to
1: whichever the rest yeah, have is. You, We have
0: to do our own spin-off series. Drew learns sports. Drew learns. <laughs> Drew, learns <laughs> sports. <laughs> Drew teaches. Drew, have you played any yeah. sports?
4: Yeah.
2: I played soccer in elementary school and, and in you middle used to school. Run, right? I you did cross country run? and track in middle oh, school. Oh I did cross country my that. sophomore year when they were doing COVID stuff. And yep. otherwise I do music. So
4: you run a lot.
2: I run. I like I like the crazy. conditions. I like cardio type. Is that what it's called? I hate and
4: cardio. You've attended
3: a Calvin lot aesthetics. of the BYU athletic events. Huh? Haven't you attended some BYU athletic events in your time? That was your son. Oh no, yours didn't don't you go with your dad to watch oh, sports? Yeah,
2: we went out to a cross country meet um cuz we were out there my dad's insane yeah uh he's not insane Go he first. just likes to run way too long
0: <laughs> i feel really outnumbered here that that was that felt deliberate jeff what wow. the byu yeah yeah, absolutely,
3: it is totally deliberate. It's three against one, right? Well, uh,
2: so, I don't know how I stand anyway. <laughs> I,
3: although I, I, I'm sitting here with people that would wear black and red, and I'm pure blue and white. That go Miller's. I go saw Cougars. that
4: I added a, a note. Go. Go, Agnes. <laughs>
3: go Agnes Stewart. That's I think I, right? I just said Hesco. nah. You We're said go Wolves.
4: Miller's.
2: Oh, that's yeah. what that is. Yep, that's right. Blue and white, baby. No, I was way.
4: actually looking at tennis outfits last night, and my mom picked out some stuff that was blue, so cute. and I was like, I don't want to look like I'm supporting Springer. i
3: actually blame i still bought it uh, I, I run quite a bit and i i bought some asics years ago that were black and red and i don't mm-hmm. own i don't think i really own anything black and red because i have a, an like a-, a version to red and black uh going back to the university of utah days but now it applies to thurston a little bit too yeah. um no offense <laughs> dang offense Go taken calls. but uh <laughs> uh, but they, I swear that those shoes gave me plantar fasciitis and I still struggle with it. And I, I blame those you red and black being, shoes. You were, you were being punished. For I was this. being punished for being a traitor. A disloyalty. loyalty. To, yeah.
2: Mr. Doctor, so, what is plantar shoe. fasciitis? My mom, I think has it. but <laughs> she does it just
0: hurt feet? It's really common. No, it's, yeah. there's a connective tissue band, kind of like a tendon on the bottom of your feet that runs from the heel all the way to the uh, front of your foot. Mm called the plantar fascia and it's your arch. Yeah, it gets inflamed around it's around the arch exactly. And it gets inflamed by chronic use like running.
2: Chronic I, use.
0: I had it uh, when I was running marathons and stuff like that.
2: You this is marathons? like the,
3: the next uh spin-off podcast could be health <laughs> advice with uh, Dr. <laughs> Ooh, I would
2: love that. <laughs> I had a really
3: good idea the other day.
2: I was just like what if I just ran a marathon? <laughs>
4: Like Brandon no ran training. a half marathon. Brandon, <laughs> marathon. <laughs>
2: Brandon
0: ran a marathon? No,
3: he, yeah,
4: ran, no, a he ran a half marathon. marathon. Just
3: one day he decided to.
4: Yeah, his te- one of his on teachers his at school challenge. said that he wouldn't do it. So one day, it was like the day after she Wait. said that. He went to his first two class periods that day, went home, and just started running a half marathon.
0: Yeah. What teacher?
4: And video blog um, the whole thing. I don't know. Video blog. It's one of the blog. Blog. teachers. <laughs> She's right next to Kanega.
2: Kanega. Kanega,
0: yeah. cool. oh, we're doing a Kanega shout out. He's just a few doors. So he actually lives in our neighborhood. Yeah. She he also
4: lives in our neighborhood. Yeah. Selby? no, so, she's not. No a
0: school. At yeah. Mega
2: Kanega guys.
4: Right. Also, he had a really I, funny interview in our school. Are you, I was advisory. about to bring up
2: the if, in the corner or whatever. We else need else. to.
4: We need to learn how to interview like
2: that. I'm getting. <laughs> we interviewed, need to take advice. Hey, him. I'm getting interviewed next. Cool. If we got interviewed like that, it'd be like I was running the show the entire time, which is not on topic speaking of, <laughs> on, speaking, <laughs> of on topic. speaking of on topic yeah wait i had a question about I on topic um, um, yeah you day. did have a
0: question
2: oh you want me to ask that question i can ask that question let's again. do it yeah on you jeff yes wait i remember my other question lexi what's your middle name
4: loose loose
2: how's that you spell L-U-Z. L-U-Z. l-u-z l-u-z and yours is o'brien yeah and yours is james mine is james
0: I'm collecting james them water. all
2: what's yours levi edward did you name him after
0: like edward Cohen? i named him after a uh, family <laughs> member oh
2: that's <laughs> you yeah Twilight like, was not like a staple in your life <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: not at it. he's not gonna, not actually, a, he's yeah, not gonna answer that on the podcast <laughs>
0: admit to that. i think it was a staple of our life at that point yeah. if i'm being honest So
2: you say it was about a family member, but it was actually... I'm pretty sure I've been to the movie theater to watch
0: one or two
3: Twilights at least, written by a BYU alum. True. It all comes back to BYU.
2: (laughs) You're supporting BYU by naming your your, your son's middle name, Edward. Anyways, my actual question. Um, So you are the stake president of the Springfield Stake, correct? I am currently serving
3: as the stake president, yes.
2: Imagine... mm, Imagine I don't know anything about state presidents.
3: How would you describe what you do? Uh, That's always a good question because it is different, right? Like one of the things that's different about our church than other churches is that we go to church based on where we live, kind of like a school, right? A school where, you know, you go to a certain school based on your address, uh, you know, if you talk to other people that go to other churches, they kind of are always looking for what church that they want to go to and can kind of pick and choose and most other denominations. So ours, you know, you go to a specific ward or you belong to a certain stake based on your address. And so I support and help however I can for the members that live in the Springfield area. So I kind of helped, uh, I wouldn't say oversee, but help support uh the different congregations in the springfield stake and support bishops and other leaders and the members as best as i can to uh, help them to come closer to jesus christ and to serve as best as they can
1: yeah
2: yeah that would make sense to most people kind of like um i know you said you don't like oversee but like like a business well you know
3: There is there is some overseeing, right? Would, technically, the term would be that I hold the priesthood keys for the stake. And then, you know, any of the bishops that serve or branch presidents that serve within our stake, uh, you know, when they're set apart, their keys are, those keys are given to them by the stake president. And so it's kind of that alignment of keys, right? So they're given keys that I hold as the stake president when they're called and set apart as bishops or branch presidents. Mm-hmm. So...
0: i'm wondering about the difference between being a bishop which we do have some intuitive feel for that and then going to a calling as stake president what differences did you notice Uh, maybe challenges
3: right so i'm still figuring a lot of things out right it's only been about a year and a half since i was called as the stake president uh and so, but I'd say it's similar to when I was a teacher and then became a principal. I feel like that's a pretty similar analogy of, uh, you know, it's a little bit more administrative. Uh, there's a few more like meetings and kind of talking at a little bit of a higher level and a little bit less of working with actual individuals and, and working through things. So uh, there's, some, there's some differences there. but yeah. Um, well, no, no, no. I, I <laughs> have
2: something I want to say, but it'll get us off topic. again.
3: <laughs> May I? Yeah, Dr. Bishop
2: go for it with... do you like? Do you like this blanket I'm wearing? The Dr. Jason Bishop? Okay, for clarity. Jordan Moon love yeah. blanket. For clarity. Love blanket? The bromance yes. blanket. Okay. The bro blanket. Editor is draped in a blanket
3: that, that, that is. Uh, do you want me to stand up so you can describe pictures it better? Of uh, Jordan Moon. Some uh, where he's partially clothed. And, <laughs> well, that's, uh, not,
1: <laughs>
0: it's a true statement. Right. I know,
2: but like you said it in a way that implies other things.
3: Well, he's got, yeah. And uh, he's it's the representation closed. of uh, the relationship of uh, the bromance. Jason Keister and Jordan Moon. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Should we give so you guys a shift For, for
0: clarity, oh. I asked you if there's anything we could do to make you more comfortable for That's this interview. Right. Was and it not that? You say?
3: I did say a weighted blanket, Sour Patch Kids, soothing music. <laughs> And Coca-Cola classic. So instead we had no music,
0: we had <laughs> yeah. some candy, uh, uh, Dr. Pepper, and a blanket with Jordan Moon's face on it. Right. Yeah. Then he rejected which is weighty. Yeah. Threw it, yeah. He threw thing, it to me. Which is basically yeah. weightless. But I do actually well, it's have weighty. a, a waiting interpret. <laughs> <Western laughs> so
1: yeah. It. So. Alexi,
0: any questions you wanted to go
3: into here?
4: I don't know. Do we want to Get the basic like background, so we know oh, you're sure. state I, president. Yeah,
3: yeah, that's true. That, what what is your normal question? Like the sacrament meeting? Yeah, uh, your presentation. S- your first Sunday in a new ward. Yeah. What do you tell people? There you go. Um, well, my name's Jeff Fuller. I grew up in Brigham City, Utah, which is a small town about an hour north of Salt Lake City, uh, about twenty thousand people. I'm the fifth of six kids. I have four older sisters and one younger brother. He's about six years younger than us. So he's kind of like an only child there for a while. Um, My dad was a high school teacher and the city recreation department uh, director and also a coach. And he was actually just inducted into the Utah High School Sports Hall of Fame yesterday. So shout out to my dad i know he won many many state titles as a coach in lots of different sports and he's uh part of the reason why i went into education what did he teach uh he taught social studies psychology classes ap psychology sports psychology and uh things like that so and then he coached lots of different sports so and is really good at it yep yeah he actually fun fact uh, he grew up in the same hometown as Brother Durfee in Baker, Oregon. No. no way. And my aunt, Carrie, and Brother Durfee were friends in high school. So That's there you crazy. go. Crazy. Look at that. All right, small it's world. all coming together. Yep. <laughs> it's so uh, I grew up in Burgum City. It was great. Loved it. Um, you know, small town life and had an awesome family. Still have an awesome family. <laughs> They're still pretty <laughs> awesome. Anymore. And uh, then I, when I graduated, I went to BYU. And the very first, my very first day at BYU, I met this awesome girl from Fresno, California, and she was like way too cool for me. But I uh, tried to become friends with her, and that's when I met my wife, Christine. First day, so we school. met our very first day. We were in the same orientation group at BYU, Y group 149, no <laughs> and uh, we became friends. Had like the same group of friends our freshman year, and then I was preparing to go on my mission. And I got my mission call to. Uh, Paris, France. And we kind of dated a little bit our freshman year. But then after I got my mission call, I was like, I just want to focus on getting ready for my mission. And so then I left for my mission. While I was on my mission, she decided she wanted to serve a mission also. And so she served in South Africa in Johannesburg. So we have like three years of letters that we wrote to each other during that time and have them just shoved in a box in our garage. But someday we'll do something with them maybe. Uh, if they're not like cringy and then they kind of like progressively like I remember like being consciously thinking about it when I was writing those letters like you know it started with like just like love Jeff at the end and then it like you know just express more of my feelings about her so anyway and then when I got home I went back to BYU and she was still on her mission so I dated some other people but compared them all to christine and then when she got home i drove out to fresno to see her uh, for her homecoming and kind of convinced one of our friends from our freshman year who didn't really know that we had been dating because we didn't want to mess up our friends and uh just when i heard her i still remember she spoke about covenants in that sacrament meeting and i was kind of blown away by it and knew that i wanted to marry her and then we got engaged like a month later and that's that, as far as that goes. So then uh, I graduated from BYU. I went to Westminster College in Salt Lake City for my master's degree in education and got my teaching license there and also started teaching in, uh, in Utah at South Hills Middle School in Riverton. Were they awful? No, oh, that was great. Reverse of awful. Okay. And then uh, I applied for doctoral programs and got accepted to the University of Oregon. Like I said, my dad was from Baker, Oregon. We came up to Oregon all the time when I was a kid. It was a place that I had always loved. And so the University of Oregon was one of the schools that I was really interested in. So when I got accepted, this is where we ended up. And I have four boys. My oldest, James, is up in Corvallis. He's 19 Owen is a junior at Springfield High School. Go Millers. And uh, Henry is in eighth grade. Owen's in sixth grade. And they're the best part of my life. So they're pretty awesome.
0: What made Christine too cool for you?
3: She was like one of those California girls. that. So this is like the mid-90s, right? We graduated in 96. So, um, you know, she was like, wearing stuff from like uh secondhand stores thrift shops had like this long blonde hair like cool you know she just looked cool (laughs) and then was cool and uh she still is too cool for me but i do my best so yeah and she gave this
0: awesome talk on covenants when what do you remember about that or that moment
3: Right, I just remember. Uh, so we drove like all through the night from Provo to Fresno to to, and we like like drove off an exit and just like slept in the back of my friend's truck for a couple hours, and then drove into to town for that uh, sacrament meeting. But I just remember her being able to explain the gospel so clearly and uh, with such power and with such spirit that it just was like you just wanted to have more of that spirit in your life. So. She's she and she still is a phenomenal teacher. So I am just incredibly lucky. So
4: what temple do you guys get married in?
3: We got married in the Salt Lake Temple. We actually wanted to get married in Bountiful. That's where we both received our endowments, but it was closed at that time. So we got married in the Salt Lake Temple on Groundhog Day, because <laughs> it's way better than Valentine's Day to get married on Groundhog oh, Day, gosh. right? Uh, on February 2nd. We just had our 22nd anniversary yeah just a, just a few weeks ago so we're getting old
2: did you go to college at the same time as my parents i don't know did i i, yeah, remember, <laughs> wait. I, I did feel not like they know that they, they knew okay, never mind never mind no, was else. no it was your mom right
4: i think so yeah i think, exactly. I think my mom knew your dad
2: there are I think definitely say,
0: people you overlap with at BYU, and you only find out later. Right. Yeah. That's what Jordan and Moon and I were like. I knew his wife. Yeah. Bit, yeah, but...
3: So. so you went to BYU. byu Oh, BYU-Idaho. Yeah. uh uh-huh. Yeah. Was it BYU-Idaho then, or Rick's?
0: It had just barely changed.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah.
4: Wait, you went to BYU-Idaho? Yeah. Then why... Do you see like the you hate. hate BYU? Why I don't know hate. if
0: this has changed, but at the time when I went, there was almost this emphasis to not get behind the school spirit, and they didn't broadcast the BYU games or anything like that. <laughs> BYU Idaho. There's was almost like this pride of BYU Idaho is like the spiritual um the more spiritual right well if
3: you were there right after that change when they kind of got rid of the sports and that you know all that stuff i i imagine that might have been what the culture was like then yeah so
0: had they emphasized the school spirit and sports more maybe i'd be a byu fan instead of a fake one
3: we can all live in that (laughs) alternate alternate universe
0: i only root for byu when they're like really good (laughs) (laughs) so
3: like
2: every Ten years when know, when Jimmer, when did,
0: was like smoking everybody, yeah. I was a BYU fan. Yeah, yeah, I think he's talking about only
2: football it. though. It was like what other sports do you watch other than football? Well,
3: Jimmer was
2: basketball. Yeah, but um, I don't know any of this stuff. There, there is a few. Welcome to the Drew Sports Podcast.
3: Well, you can talk with Brother Burning about the cross country teams. I can tell you, teams can tell you time, about cross country. Right? Yeah, so, they're really good. They're I a guy named Wesley. Nice guy.
0: Team. What stories do you guys want to dive into here? How did you light yourself on fire? Oh boy!
2: Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna also, jump you right into
4: that. Out. Right in the middle of all your teaching stuff, so I'm assuming it was uh, <laughs> at school. It
3: was at school. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I've been working in middle schools for my whole career, and uh, kind of ended up there by accident. I like to say I did all my student teaching at high schools, and I always kind of pictured that I would work at a high school. But my first job, I was a social studies teacher. The first job interview I had was at a middle school. It's always kind of hard to get social studies jobs. There's a lot of people that go into that field, and because there's not a lot that you can do with a history degree <laughs> besides teach. Um, I just so, I find that funny like, oh,
0: you know, you're getting into social studies. Good luck.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's true, though. Um, and so my first job interview was at a middle school, and they offered me that job. So I stayed there, and then I've been in the middle school ever since. So, I did light myself on fire. That was when we were here in Springfield when I was teaching at Agnes Stewart. I was a teacher there before I became the principal. And it was like, I don't know if, well, you haven't been to any new schools in the district. You guys have gone to like Thurston High is pretty I'm old.
0: I feel like Thurston would be old
3: Yeah, yeah. 30 years ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> like yes. and when I was, yeah. It is. Anyway, the newer schools, actually, a lot of them have quite a few issues with their HVAC HVAC systems. Uh And so like our school can be really cold when it shouldn't be and really hot when it shouldn't be. And so when I was teaching, I walked into my classroom one morning and it was on my thermostat in the classroom. It said that it was 53 degrees. And so it was really cold in there. And so I went over to the or the science teacher that taught nearby, Mr. Olds, for anybody that went to Agnes Stewart knows Mr. Olds. Um and uh, he was like, Oh, when it's cold in my classroom, I just put a hot plate underneath my desk. No. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, brilliant. <laughs> you know, funny. do you guys know what a hot plate is? It's <laughs> yep. just like a single burner, right? From a stove that you just plug in. So I was like, sweet, I'll do that. So I put it, I plugged it in, put it underneath my desk. And then I taught for the next two periods and just went about, you know, I don't really sit down at my desk hardly ever when I'm teaching. So after I was done, it was going to be my prep period. I went down and sat at my desk and I was like, oh, it's so toasty and warm. And then all of a sudden I was like, it's really hot. This is like super hot. And then I looked down and my pants were on fire Oh my God. <laughs> and uh, were like burning up my leg. And it was kind of like, you know, when you're at the campfire and you're sitting too close to a campfire and like your hair is like, well, Singed. A singe or, you know, it just feels really hot on your legs. That's what it felt like because the fire was actually on my legs. And uh, so I got a, a few good like... Blisters. I had to put the fire out with my hands. I don't know what I was thinking. I, I thought you know stop, drop, and roll. Did you guys learn that when you were yeah, kids? Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't have enough room, and it was you know around my ankles. I knew I put it out with my hands, and uh, then I ended up teaching the rest of the day with a uh, kind of one pant leg. Were you? Yeah. Were there Wait, students you were in the room? There weren't any students in the room initially because they had you know it was going to be my prep period. So they'd already left. But then a few students came in to drop off their stuff as they went to their next class. And they were like, Are you okay? And I'm like, I'm on fire. (laughs) It was a good it was a good story. So then, you know, they made fun of me on announcements the next day. The principals (laughs) were dressed up in firefighter suits and they kept playing like fire songs like Great balls of fire and great uh, different fire-related things. I got fire-related memorabilia delivered to my classroom every period. And I got a, like a safety book that they fire. created for me. So It just reminds know. me of that. Do you watch The Office? Or, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. It reminds me of that Ryan Howard episode where he <laughs> said, Ryan started the
3: fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and they haven't let me live it down yet. So, you know.
4: How many years there, ago yeah. was that?
3: It was, well, I've been the principal there for 13 years now, so um, probably 15 years ago. So, (laughs) like when you were born, how old are you, Lexi? 15. (laughs) Yeah, I'm old. That's great. Yeah, good good times in a middle school, right?
0: This is probably a good time to let Levi come in, Levi Keister, who is... I guess we'll call him our stagehand and helps with the sound and all the setup here. Right. He also is the one that set up my appointment. He is, yeah. yeah. He little known fact, Levi schedules everybody for us because we're too busy now. That's right. He's our yeah. secretary. So Levi has a special question. I'm gonna give him my spot. Oh boy. Special question. Hi Levi, no welcome pressure. to the
2: podcast. This okay. is wait, 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 wait. What's your middle name again? Edward Edward.
0: Yeah, I Edward. I this is Levi
2: Edward Collins Keister, everybody. Uh, welcome to the cool. podcast.
1: Hello, Drew. Yeah.
2: Hi. Happy
3: premiere. So I had to give you a. I had to give you a nickname. Yeah. All uh, right. Jeff, how do
1: you prepare each day to deal with attention hungry, hungry kids <laughs> like myself? <laughs> Are uh, you attention hungry? Yeah, definitely. Wait, did you go to Thurston? <laughs> no, yeah.
3: He goes to Thurston Middle. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I actually was in your classroom like a few weeks ago, and I don't think you even noticed. <laughs> But anyway, that's like, beside the dare, point. Um dare. we were there visiting and I saw you. Um that's actually a good question. It is um it's an interesting job that has changed quite a bit over the last 13 years. Um I would say that the best thing for me, honestly, is um starting my day off right with. Uh, scripture study in the morning just to try to like get me in the right frame of mind and bring me peace uh, I think that that's always helpful it helps me to kind of have a clear mind um, but also in my office in my desk in uh, the drawer in my desk I have a copy of the Book of Mormon and it's been there ever since I got the job and it's interesting that just seeing the Book of Mormon like provides me with peace sometimes in my in, in my job or if I have to make a hard phone call or have a challenging discussion. sometimes I'll even just like open the drawer and just look at it. and which sounds kind of crazy, but just having it there, I think just and knowing that Heavenly Father's with me and trusting in that. Um, you know, all of that stuff that we talk about at church applies to all aspects of our lives. And so I feel like that's really what has helped me to <laughs> navigate the the craziness of middle schoolers. But the best part about working in a middle school is that there's always a really great story. So <laughs> something happens almost every single day in the middle school that you can uh, take home and and kind of laugh about. Hopefully. Your kids just like ask you like, "What happened today?" Every day. No, they never ask me about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but I, we do, we do talk about stories sometimes, but I try not to tell them certain kids' names and things like that, but, so, yeah. how's, how's middle school been for you?
1: It's been pretty good. Yeah.
3: Do you have any good middle school stories?
1: Uh, my classroom, one of my friend's classrooms called on fire. Oh. Because we were doing a science experiment mm-hmm. where we were learning about the rock cycle, like how the rocks cycle through different types of rocks. And we were on igneous rocks, which Mm. are rocks formed by magma, which is cooled. Cooled magma. Magma. Yeah. And we were melting crayons, and they had this burner kind of like your story.
3: (laughs) Well, I (laughs) did, I did find out after that fire that like 60% of school fires are started by the hot (gasps) plates.
4: Yeah, we had
1: we this burner i wasn't That's in the right classroom it. but it was like right before this free class period we have where we do some random classes yeah and we had this okay this one teacher I, her name is miss down i love Miss down, down right now she's yeah. awesome uh she had this burner and she was melting crayons on it mm-hmm. and she had one of those like muffin cups on the on the burner mm-hmm. And put the crayons in it just so they would mold. Right. Yeah. And then it caught on fire because she left the classroom.
3: Oh. And they had to put it out. Did the alarm go off? No. Yeah, that's the other thing. And the alarm didn't go off when I set myself on fire either. So Yeah. No one, <laughs>
1: no one thought to pull it either. <laughs> <laughs> that <was funny. laughs>
3: that's great. On
4: the topic yeah.
2: of fun middle school stories, one time I hot glued my hands to my pants in sixth grade. You did? It's funny, we were making air cars and then I.
3: This is a good example of just the choices that middle schoolers make.
2: It was an
1: accident.
3: <laughs> I got on my hands and I was like, ah, and I tried to wipe it off. And I put my yeah. hands on my
2: shorts. And then I tried to put my hand away. And then my shorts were attached to my hands. Right. It really <laughs> is.
3: Uh, I mean, I've stayed at middle school because I love it. I love that age group of kids. It seems like it's just a time in life where you're making a lot of decisions. Uh, and you can make a big difference in in their lives, hopefully. One of my uh, my doctoral research, actually, at the University of Oregon was all about uh, middle school indicators of college success, so looking at where kids should be at the end of middle school if they're going to be successful in college. And as you could imagine, you guys can think of kids in middle school like your friends in middle school and who you would predict would be a graduate from high school and go to college and who wouldn't. And and according to the research that I had, you can predict it almost uh, it's a really strong correlation, like ninety percent and above. So Dead. yep. So middle school is where it's at, right? Did you get did you love middle school Discreet.
4: Well, I had my sixth grade year, um, which kinda it was kind of lame.
3: Oh, and then you were have how many COVID. fun
4: friends and then seventh grade halfway through, got what happened. Yeah. And then eighth grade was the
2: you were in seventh like grade? Hybrid. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. What? Were you so much younger than me? Wait, no. Did you like my drawing, Bishop?
4: Weird. Yeah, I was in the seventh grade, so it was cut short. So honestly, I'm not school was like,
3: yeah, COVID mom, years. So. Yeah. yeah.
4: I feel like that was a good time to have it because I really did enjoy <laughs> elementary school and I've liked high school so far. So Yeah like good. if I had to miss anything, I probably wouldn't keep you it choose exactly to miss middle school <laughs> maybe sixth grade though it's six yeah. and seven
3: after. Should I show everyone else my yeah. drawing? that was a tough uh, tough to tough, tough couple of years
2: i made I drew everyone. I might have given you a mullet that that was
3: an accident, yeah.
4: You should get a mullet. Does it looks like, like I need
3: to trim my nose hairs. It's like so not people. nose
0: hairs. Those are like <laughs> <laughs> Lexi. Do you want to see you?
4: Yeah. No. Um, I think I? Lexi
0: has a beard in this one somehow.
4: <laughs> I'm sorry. What
0: is that true? Or yeah.
4: What happened? I have a beard.
2: I just drew a random face, and I'm like, I'm gonna name it Lexi, and then I started drawing you too.
4: Yeah, the other two actually look like people. I look like a. I don't even know. You have wavy hair. Like those balloon. Those like. Pop-up balloon Wait, things that at like car dealerships.
3: <laughs> I like one that of makes those like wavy fry. things. But, yes, like, <laughs> I don't know. The <laughs> so balloon wavy
0: people. Yeah. What is? Uh, where do we want to go now? i want to ask him about paging. That's anyway, what I was saying.
4: Say.
2: Doctor, no paging. Well, you do have a doctorate, so technically you are like a VUR doctor. Mm. You served
4: uh, as a page for the U.S. Senate in Washington D.C. During your junior year of high school. First of all, I wanna, how would you, you even like get an opportunity like that?
3: Yeah, well, like most things, it's all about connections, right? So my mm-hmm. uncle lived that. in Virginia, in um, Arlington, Virginia. And, uh, and uh, he was in the same ward as Senator Orrin Hatch, who was the senator from Utah. I was living in Utah at that time. And so he's the one that connected me with it. So there was an application that I had to fill out. I didn't really think about it for a couple months. And then Senator Hatch called me at my house Just on like- the house phone, which do you guys know what a house phone is? Yeah. And so he called me. And uh, so my junior year of high school for one quarter of it. So it was the fall months um, up to winter break. Um, I served as a page for the U.S. Senate. Uh, since Senator Hatch was a Republican, I was a Republican page. So I served all of the Republican senators in the Senate at that time. And mostly what you did, so we would wake up at 530. We'd go to school at the Library of Congress uh, until nine o'clock in the morning. And then we'd cross the street to the Capitol building and we'd work in the Capitol building and in the Senate offices until the Senate was done for that day. And if the Senate ever went over 10 o'clock at night, then we didn't have to go to school the next day, which was kind of nice. But it was a really cool experience because there were people from just all over the country uh, that I got to meet. And uh, it was my first time leaving Utah. It was the first time that I ever got on an airplane. And um, it was the first time that I wasn't surrounded by members of the church. And so it was a really formative experience for me. First, I I actually love politics and government and history so i loved just being in washington dc and being a part of that i got to meet president clinton was the president at the time senator dole was the majority leader in the senate What well, you met clinton. but i yes i well i got to shake his hand and talk to him for just a second and i met uh, nelson mandela who was the president Ooh, of south africa at the time incredible. and yeah. boris yeltsin was the president of russia at that time and that so just all these cool people and had this awesome experience Um, but it was maybe more importantly, just a really formative spiritual experience for me. Um, Like I said, I grew up in Utah in Brigham city, small town. Uh, I had some friends who weren't members of the church, but you know, by far the majority of the people around me are members of the church. And so I quickly became the minority, right? And I was, you know, I I had a roommate that was from New Hampshire and a roommate that was um, from Illinois. And neither of them, of course, remembers they both liked to smoke weed on the balcony and had <laughs> pornography in the apartment, and which then was like magazines, right? We didn't have cell phones then. Um, and I just had to make a lot of choices for myself. I was like, that was the time of my life that I kind of had to choose if I was going to follow the commandments, if I was going to live the gospel of Jesus Christ, if I really had a testimony. I had to get myself up and get on the subway and go to the church by myself. And uh, and I luckily chose to do those things and it made all the difference that it, it, uh, was really there that I feel like I really developed a testimony of the Savior Jesus Christ and that this is His church.
0: I wanted to go back a little bit on the page, which is kind of yeah. like a long internship. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm it's uh just doing a little research before this It it's like 30 people mm-hmm. yeah per so. semester or something like that yep, so exactly
3: mm-hmm. pretty competitive and yeah and then you're living there yeah so we lived yeah. in dorms like so the o'neill house office building it has offices for members of the house of representatives but then one floor is just dorms for pages and so and then we had like a resident somebody that was kind of oversaw us you know made sure we didn't get into too much trouble yeah
0: paint a picture for us a bit
3: what are the accommodations like there is it it was like similar to like a dorm room right so it was like you had just like the beds in the room and then um we didn't have any sort of like uh a kitchen in the room, but we had access to a kitchen by for the floor. So it was really like, so I was 16 years old and it felt very much like a college experience. It was actually a, a tough transition back home after I was done because I felt like I'd had, had all this life experience that a lot of my peers hadn't. Not that I thought I was better than them, but you know, I just had like matured or had been forced to live on my own a little bit. Um, And so that's what that looked like. Uh, We did get paid a little bit so that we could kind of go out. And Washington, D.C. is such a cool town. And uh, there's so much to see there, so much history there. Um, But it was it was really interesting. I was I was there also for an election. So I was there in November. It was the mid-year election for President Clinton, you guys do you like politics? Are you like totally I've bored never by that? But. Mean you're <laughs> well, so there's presidents are elected every four years, right? Mm-hmm. So the second year that you're the president, there's a big election where all of the members of the House of Representatives are up for reelection again, right? And then some of the senators, it should be about a third, but it's not. Anyway, <laughs> while we were there, like if your sponsor, so mine was Senator Hatch, if he would have lost that election, and i don't get to come back afterwards like uh-huh. right so we were all sitting around i remember on the couches watching election night and it was a totally different experience because everybody was kind of tied to somebody that was actually running and if your person lost then you got axed (laughs) was there
2: people that were there that like their person lost and you like
3: yeah that was the year that i mean for people like our age right if you remember that was like newt gingrich and the contract for america and uh that was like it was a big republican wave that kind of came in and so um anyway it was just um it was it was a really cool experience and um mostly i mean our day-to-day task was like doing whatever the senators needed like make them copies, get them a podium, get them an extra chair, get them a glass of water. If there was a vote happening, we would have to, you know, the Senate offices, there's actually a subway underground that only the members of Congress have access to that leads you to the different office buildings. And we'd take it and go run and find the people and get them there to vote. That's so, cool. What
0: yeah. insights did you gain into just our system of government and I know you were interested in government maybe before, but what did you come away from that experience knowing or or having better appreciation for?
3: Yeah, it's... um... It is an incredible system of government. As much as right now, if you were to watch the news, it seems rather dysfunctional. <laughs> um, it really is an incredible system of government with so many checks and balances. And you can see, in my estimation, the divine hand of God in creating the government of the United States of America. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's a beautiful thing. And it, it was also incredible to see these people uh, try to work together. And to um, uh, try to make some compromises and, and try to figure out what the best uh, the, the best thing to do for, for the American people are. I would say the majority of people that are there, that really is what they have in mind, is trying to do the best thing that they can for, for people, make people's lives easier.
0: And when you said that you had to decide that you were going to be all in in the church and mm-hmm. in the gospel or not, before this experience, it, were you wavering at all? Were 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 you kind of unsure of some
3: things? Or I'm just curious how you got to that. Yeah, path. I don't I don't think that I I would say that I was wavering. Um, I uh, I think that I've always had uh, kind of faith in those things and in, in the in the church and and kind of trusted that. That's been something that's kind of come naturally to me and it's actually listed as a as a gift that i was given in my patient or a blessing that i think is probably true um but it was the first time that i'd ever been um exposed maybe to to, and and invited and asked and 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 having it be so constant you know it was kind of a daily thing It's some things you guys probably deal with every day at school right just you have to kind of choose every day what kind of language you're going to use and if you're going to get involved in in whatever drama or in uh, certain things. And, you know, so it was I just have ne- had never been in that kind of an environment. And it would have been so easy to, uh, you know, I didn't have my parents there. I didn't have anybody else that even really knew me. So it could have been really easy to just kind of choose to live differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. How do you, Lexi and Drew, how do you deal with that now when you're maybe invited to, things you know are wrong. I think for me when I was in high school it was like I was gifted as being awkward (laughs) so it
3: it always helped protect me in a way but yeah what do you do? Right because you guys I mean I'm in schools every day I hear the language that is there I hear you know that there's just so much access to so much more as far as like if you wanted to smoke weed or get a vape pen or get you know it's like so easily accessible. Yeah. And you're surrounded by so much.
4: No, that's so true. I've definitely I've had people come up to me and they're like, if you ever want to do this, you know where to find me. (laughs) And that's like (laughs) so crazy (laughs) to hear. Like just in the middle of like my chemistry class. I'll be kids like just talking about that stuff. And it's it's so crazy. But I feel like I don't know, kind of what you're saying, Bishop. I think from at least in sixth, I was weird middle schooler, okay. mm-hmm. um, especially like in the sixth grade. Like um, I was definitely on that awkward side. Um, and I can't I imagine some, that
3: now though. Right. Thank you. Yeah.
4: I had some very clear like standards set and a lot of people are like, Oh, not a, like Alexis want to do that or like X, Y, and Z. And then that kind of just stuck. Cause I've changed since sixth grade, like a lot, like <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, but one thing that like hasn't changed is the fact that people still are like, Alexis wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And then they just don't offer, don't ask, don't like, they are more mindful around me um, in their actions, I've noticed. And another thing is, I, I don't know where I heard this, but it was, I feel like it might have been one of our podcasts. Someone was saying that once you like know what is right, it is just so unbelievably hard to like go out and blatantly do what is wrong. Right, because it's still like in the back of your mind, like this is wrong, like even if like um, I don't know, even if you have the desire to do something, it's like when you're actually there or you like were to act on that desire, it's like, I can't do this, I can't go any further with this, it's not right, and um I think that's that's just really important being able to set like standards for yourself and have like clear morals that you stick to, right.
3: And once you have that reputation it almost makes it easier because yeah. people expect that of you too. I, yeah, sure. mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, <laughs> I think that was the Tina Martin episode. I Yeah. So yeah, right. That also, also reminds that. me that reminds me of uh, I was just reading from Elder Bednar around uh, the the spirit and oftentimes when you're growing up your parents you were all trying to teach you what it feels like to feel the spirit and how to describe it, right? Mm-hmm. But he says to really focus on what it feels like when the spirit isn't with you, right? Because once you're baptized, the promise is is that the spirit will be with you always, right? So it should be with us all the time. But you're kind of describing like when you do make a bad choice or when the spirit leaves you, you can identify what that feels like. You know what that feels like really easily, right? And so uh, when you're faced with those challenges and that spirit leaves, you know, you, you know that. You need to be doing something Yeah, that different. reminds
4: me of one of um, the notes you put in here. The, um, it says, there have been times when I have distanced myself more from him and have felt the difference. Yeah. Um, and I definitely feel that, especially sometimes it's not super obvious in the moment, um, but, like, I've had times where I have, um, I don't know, I wouldn't say drifted, but, like, I my connection right. to Christ isn't as strong as it could be. And then I'll look back weeks later when I am restrengthening that, when I do have a spiritual moment and I'm like, this feels different and this feels good. And I want to keep that difference. Yeah. It's definitely a positive thing to be able to recognize. Yeah.
3: He always wants to be connected to us. Right. And it's us. We we're the ones that choose how, how strong that connection is going to be. So I love that. Drew, do you have anything to add? Um, How do you uh, navigate the wiles of, of, High school. Well, I'm not exactly a popular kid,
2: so I don't get invited to parties. This is what? Oh, well, do I? Homecoming king. <laughs> right. Exactly.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the Both lead of the musical. And the... Fair <laughs> high
2: five. We're, we're pseudo
3: popular. Ooh, uh, I, I would, no, but I think that yeah. this is an indication, though, of what I think even youth today really value are people that have values and that stand up for what is right and are just good people. I think, you know, oftentimes you'll see in school that other kids might get recognized for different things that they might think that they're popular, but when it really comes down to it, they really seek people that are just good humans, good people. And that's what you guys are for sure. Yeah. So what say you quote unquote unpopular? Homecoming King.
2: I've never, well, I've never been offered drugs or anything. I think I would laugh when I do get offered
3: drugs. (laughs) <laughs> be kind of funny <laughs> I don't know why I just felt like but I. but do you not. think that's because people know that what you would say or, the, or you just don't put yourself in that environment
2: uh, not really I don't really put myself in the environment um, I don't hang out with a lot of people either I just kind of do my own thing now being a senior being the top of the pack the, the rat pack um, would you
3: say that's a choice you've made too though to try to steer clear of some things or just yeah. because of
2: yeah. yeah, I'm also in the the band, so I guess I do get exposed to that type You're of, like,
4: band kid. Band
2: okay. kids. I, a, I was a band kid. I'm a school. percussion kid, not a band kid. I'm a conscripted Same band difference. kid. Yeah, I'm not actually in any band classes. I'm in the percussion class, and I just get forcibly hired into playing other parts. So
3: would you say that you think oh, that it's uh, easy uh, to uh, kind of navigate that and to make the right choice? easy easy peasy <laughs> um,
2: it's hard sometimes especially being around people you want to like have fun around like feel like you're not being a drag but like so that's a thing a big thing that i think affects people is um not wanting to like bring other people down for what they believe because we believe something different um that's always hard because you're like i don't want to disrespect people but i also know what i believe and i want to stick to that mm-hmm. stick to my guns
1: um so yeah that's something. yeah can i I, yeah go okay
4: um really quick you were like saying um sometimes like you you're interacting with people with like a lot of different beliefs like they have their own lifestyle um and it's like really easy to want to fit in and um you're also saying how you i don't know i don't call it like a loner like i think you're a social person but like um, I think there's a lot of power in just having no friends rather than a bunch of really bad friends.
3: <laughs> like oh, that's an interesting
4: thought, yeah. I I feel like I'm at a point where I haven't been hanging out with people a lot. Um, I haven't been like super social outside of school, which is definitely a little weird for me because I feel like I'm a social person. Mm-hmm. But um looking at the difference from like me in March of 2023. Versus March of 2022, the people I was hanging out with then it was like very consistent, like every day after school, every lunch, every class, I was hanging out with someone. But it felt like the quality of like the way I spent my time and what I was like doing was much less than what I'm doing now. When it's just like I come home and I do my own thing, I go to practice, I do my own thing, um, and I'd rather. I feel like it's better to put your energy into like yourself, almost before other people if they're not going to benefit you
3: right yourself your relationship with god your family yeah. i'll come yeah. back to investing
4: and then um also on that note like you're saying sort of like that trying to fit in with people um oh shoot where i was going with this even, oh, like, yeah. fitting in, like, it's like
3: yeah it's like not a, like, being respectful of other people's friends, beliefs. friends so people-
4: shouldn't make you like uncomfortable which is something that i've how to like think about like you shouldn't be trying to be someone different around like your friends. Right. Um When you're with your friends, it's kind of like when you're able to relax, you're able to be like, okay, the social pressure is off. I'm just like hanging out with people for like fun and um I can relax, which has also helped me like distinguish like good friends from bad friends. Mm-hmm. Like those bad friends, I'm constantly like, oh, what should I do next? What should I say next? Oh, I just did that. Like, I wonder if they're judging me because I don't want them to leave me as a friend. And it's like when you can realize that when you're at your most comfortable, that's when I feel mm-hmm. like you know you're with people who are going to be safe and help you thrive and vice versa.
3: That's like so wise, right? This is like our next podcast, right? Like Lexi. wise words with Lexi. I, <laughs> we have now. three. Been yeah, now. Exactly. The thing I, I will say
0: about that is so many things that you've said, Lexi, that you've shared, Drew, and then when Christina's on, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just like, how did you figure out the stuff that took me 30 right. years to get um, yeah. while you're still in high school? I think that's really neat.
3: I think that it is evidence to just of this generation, right? You are a unique and special generation. I think that has some just incredible talents and gifts that you've been given and you've got a work to do, right? That's like a, one of the youth songs, right? you have a work to do and uh so i i think that's just evidence of the incredible people that you are too so took us a little while to figure yeah. life out but we're just fords we're just built tough yeah
4: i
2: i'm a ford f-150 it's a big white I know a blue and white one. <laughs> no, I, that's a dog. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just, what? Sorry, I was making a joke for one person in particular. Where this podcast? Where do you
0: guys want to go now? Um, to the fridge to get another soda. I'd I'd like to talk about your mission. Okay. about going to Paris.
3: Yeah, yeah, that was like uh, when I uh, you know decided to serve a mission. Um, I was just really excited, as most people are. And I remember when I got my mission call, I was still down at BYU. And so I met my parents, my family in Salt Lake at my sister's house. She lived in Salt Lake at that time. And on the way up there, I just remember thinking like, Pocatello, Idaho, Pocatello, Idaho. (laughs) (laughs) Because I grew up in Brigham City. That's like the next mission, like right next to her, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing against Pocatello, Idaho, right? So Pocatello is a great place. Pokey. Uh, but I, I was just trying to convince myself so that I wouldn't be disappointed. I think, and then Paris was like the dream mission. If I could have chosen anywhere in the world to serve, Paris would have been it. And uh, so I was ecstatic. It was awesome. So I had taken you know two years of French in high school, <laughs> and uh, but it was really uh, I couldn't have chosen a place that I would want to go more. So it's cool. Mm,
2: absolutely. Yeah. Just sweet on Chavell. You are a horse. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> we. Okay. There you go. Yeah. You oblose.
0: French. What was it like I in am. Paris? I saw that you mentioned you learned a lot about the worldwide church. Um, the, paint a picture for us.
3: Um, Well, Paris is like a major metropolis, right? So it's similar to New York City or um, LA so spread out, but um, where there's just people from all over the world. So for most of my mission, I actually taught a lot of uh, people from Africa, a lot of people from the Ivory Coast or from Ghana and Nigeria. Um, And so that was a really cool experience. Uh, A lot of people from Congo and... um, and then just being able to see uh, what the church is like in, in a place like like France. So France, of course, has a very Catholic tradition. And uh, so most people grew up as members of the Catholic faith and they only really went to church mostly on Christmas and Easter for weddings, but uh, they still identified as Catholics. And it was such so ingrained in them, in their culture and in who they were. Uh, That even though they might not have even believed anything, they didn't want to leave the Catholic Church because of that, and so it was challenging. It wasn't, you know, like while I was serving in France, I had friends that were in Chile and uh, South America that were baptizing all the time, and uh, you know, they they would baptize in a month what my mission would baptize in a year. Um, But it was it was an awesome experience, and to just see the faith of the people in France and the members there. And uh, to work with people from all over the world and what I think is the most beautiful city in the world is uh, was pretty incredible. What are some of the favorite
0: sites you visited in Paris? There's yeah. things that you remember even to this date.
3: <laughs> um, that's a good question. I mean, the Eiffel Tower is great. I went there many times. We would actually on P-Days just go, there's the huge Chône de Mars, which is like the... Uh, fields kind of around the eiffel tower and that's where we would play ultimate frisbee every p day so just like right at the foot <laughs> oh of the gosh, eiffel wow. tower which was pretty awesome um and so i love that place it's just that, that was also like the first place they took us when we got we got, like, got off the plane got on the van and they took us to the eiffel tower and drove us around the arc de Triomphe, which has like eight lanes an uh, eight lane roundabout which i thought i was gonna die um <laughs> I love the Louvre. We had like a annual membership there cuz we could, you know, go there on our p-days and so rather than try to like fit it all in at once, we were able to go to that huge museum and just see like little bits of it at a time every week. But I loved um like Monet's house and his gardens just north of Paris were pretty cool and um just the history there, you know, if you go to Europe there's just so much history that you know is, is right there so it just feels a little bit different than it does here
0: are there any anecdotes that you remember from your mission people that you worked with or taught that really stand out still
3: yeah there was a a sister that we taught and who was baptized who's from the congo and uh she uh just had so much faith she really had to sacrifice a lot she ended up having to kind of sacrifice a lot of her family relationships as she joined the church um and just was willing i think that's one of the things that i learned most on my mission just these people that were willing to give up so much and sacrifice so much for the church when it was all kind of handed to me i grew up in the church and it was all so normal to me so delphine was uh Just an incredible source of strength. And then she started teaching the gospel to her children who ended up getting baptized too. And then now she moved back and is in Congo where they're like building temples like crazy there. And the church is growing there so quickly, which is pretty awesome. And this whole time you're on your mission, you're writing Christine too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we were writing. We even have like some cassette tapes we made. We should bust those out now. <laughs> right now. Um, I think
0: you have to do some sort of romantic gesture with this. Like, I'm just thinking of the notebook.
3: Yeah, right. Serendipity. Yeah. Although if you know Christine (laughs) at all, she's not like she's not the romantic type. I think she'd just be like, why are you wasting your time putting that together? Go, you know, fix the floor (laughs) in the bathroom or something and stuff. (laughs) You know? So uh but yeah, it is, yeah. So we were we were right. I mean, we weren't like betrothed to each other or anything, you know, we left kind of just as friends. Um, But yeah, we were writing the whole time and I didn't really look forward to hearing from her. It was really cool when we were both on mission at the same time and uh, could kind of share, you know, missions are unique. And until you've served a mission, you don't really know how hard it can be. Missions can be really challenging as you're working with companions maybe that you don't really like. And it's exhausting. You're working hard every day. And uh, it was really cool to be on on a mission at the same time. Now,
2: wait. Where is it? There's like said somewhere. Something about companions somewhere in here. Like some fun companions and some fun.
3: Yeah, companions. yeah. Right. Like I had companions that that I loved and I still love, and um, they were incredible. We'd have we'd play games sometimes. Like we'd have like a magic word that you would try to weave into a conversation at the door when you would <laughs> knock, or you know, that would be kind of ridiculous things. Um, and you know, we had great food and it was awesome. One of my companions that was really challenging, um, uh, you know, I was with, and he had only been out for a couple of months by the time that I had him and he just wouldn't get out of bed and he would walk like a few steps behind me all the time. And he wouldn't talk to anybody. We'd go tracting and knocking on doors and I'd say, okay, I'll do this. It's your turn. And he just wouldn't say anything. And so I'd either start talking or there were a couple of times that I just stood there too, like, that's your turn to talk, buddy. Let's, you know, keep moving and kind of got to the point where I just had to have a conversation with him. Like, you know, if, if you don't want to be here, then let's talk to our mission president about it. And, you know, or if there's something else that you're struggling with. Um, And then we had transfers come up and I was just praying that he would get transferred or I would get transferred. (laughs) And as you could guess, we didn't have transfers and we were together for another transfer. And I um, was kind of chastised by the spirit and uh, just reminded that I needed to kind of pray to see him as our heavenly father would. And uh, um, that my mission wasn't just for me or just for the people of France, but that your companions are part of that as well. And that I needed to be more patient and get to know him better. And so then, that's what I did. I started just asking him more questions, and and then I was just blessed with more patience. And he was he he made a he made some big changes in that second transfer that we were together, and got to the point where he was speaking more and teaching more, and um and I learned that he had had a had a pretty tough life and a lot of tough experiences, and um you know maybe his testimony wasn't as solid as it could have been before he left on a mission and um and so it was it was a good experience in the end but it was it was pretty challenging at the time
0: wow that lesson wasn't just for then was it (laughs) you carried
3: that to your life after the mission oh yeah absolutely yeah i think that that's uh something that i still strive for i think is and i hope that and, and pray for kind of every day or anytime that i'm meeting with people whether it be like through work at school or at church to try to see the good in them and see the see them as a son or daughter of our heavenly Father, who our heavenly Father knows and loves, and 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 try to see them the way that He does. It's challenging at times, yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't say that I'm successful all the time, but, uh, but I think it's important. I'm
0: thinking for people who are getting ready to go on a mission, you will have, have a question here. You will have experiences like that. And I'm, I'm looking at Drew, but also Lexi, question mark, and, but... um, And Brandon,
2: you had to bring it back to Brandon.
0: I had an experience like that too, very similar, Jeff, where I had a companion I did not get along with, and he did not seem to want to be there for the right reasons, and he was my senior companion. Mm-hmm. And I had a similar uh, moment where I was praying for a transfer, and the transfer did happen, but... Six months later, I get a call to serve as a zone leader, where I'll be a (laughs) senior zone leader with a junior (laughs) zone leader, and it's this guy. (laughs) It's a gift that keeps on giving. I remember the the mission president, he looked at me and he said, there's a reason you two are going to be together, Mm -hmm. and otherwise, I have no way (laughs) of explaining why I would put somebody who used to be a junior companion, now as a senior companion with the same person. it was it was totally different, you know? Mm-hmm. It was uh we needed some time away, but we we learned to get along and I I learned, like you said, a lot of the struggles that person was going through that I didn't take the time to appreciate before and was yeah. it was awesome. Mm-hmm. The second go-around. Sometimes you need yeah. a redo.
3: Right, a second yeah. chance. <laughs> and hopefully you would hope that people would give you a second chance too, because I'm sure that you know it goes both ways sometimes. You know, I I
0: think we need to give people a second chance because I want that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Where do you guys want to go now?
2: Wait, I had a question about France. Yeah. Okay. Because everyone that I've been told who's been to Paris. <laughs> yeah. Um, You gave us a very glowing image of Paris, but most things I hear about Paris are like,
3: um, uh, what What have you heard? There's
2: nothing bad about Paris.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's been described as it was kind of dirty. Oh, really? Yes. I would say the opposite of that, actually. Mm -hmm. I always thought Paris was really clean and really safe. Oh, really? Yeah. So I always felt, I I don't, I mean, it's been a long time since I've been there. Uh, We had planned to go back uh, during COVID time, you know, because I haven't been back. Um, When I was there, President Hinckley came because his granddaughter was serving a mission in Paris. And so he came and spoke to us and announced that the time was coming for Paris to get a temple. At that time, the closest one was in Frankfurt, Germany. and uh, But then President Monson didn't announce it till later. But when I was there and he made that announcement, my parents were like, well, when that temple comes, we'll pay for you to go. And so when the Paris temple finally was built just a few years ago, I was like, hey, parents, pay up you know send me send me there so we we had kind of planned to go around our 20th wedding anniversary but we haven't made it back there yet so it could be worse now but i actually think it's a beautiful city and uh, people complain maybe about french people being mean but if you make an effort to try to speak in Eng- or speak french and you don't yell at them and even by the end of my mission i was kind of annoyed by the american tourists so <laughs> on, <fair laughs> <on.
4: gasps>
3: yeah start americans yeah beautiful place Okay, well, I'll take your word for it because if you actually you've been there, yeah, for a while, I'd recommend it. <laughs> Very fun. Yeah. So,
0: what else do we want to dive into, guys? Because
2: I could look, I could sing for you guys while we wait.
0: Mm. I'm gonna. let That's so rude. <laughs> <huh>? I
4: <I'm> just kidding. <sighs> uh, I can sing.
2: For Lexi's you. a bull
4: True. No, uh, i not. I'd uh, like to
0: know more about a recent book or or oh, podcast
3: you've been enjoying. Just The Connection. Yeah. The Connection is a great podcast. I'd recommend it. What do you um, what do you like
2: about The Connection?
3: What do I like about the Connection? I love the opportunity to uh just learn about People's lives. Some of the people are people that I work with, <laughs> like Sister Woodward yeah. or Brother Bartels, uh, or people that I know fairly well. Others that I don't know super well. So, but even with the people that I know really well, there's things that I've learned about them and stories mm-hmm. that I've that I've heard. That's been pretty awesome. Guys, so, I've, I've actually this is a
0: shameless self promotion, but. I so was a plug away. Yeah, I was uh plug around driving up to go snowboarding on Friday, and I was thinking, I need something spiritual. But I wasn't ready to do the follow him or listen to the scriptures. I was like, I need something light. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the connection. And the connection. that I threw it on and I, I listened to a couple of episodes and it was awesome. Yeah. And I I feel like it. it you learn light. stuff about people, but I think it's uplifting too. Right. right. Yeah. It absolutely is.
2: Spiritually yep. light. Yep. I actually like that. Oh, also, light
4: and spiritual. Light said, and spiritual. <laughs> well, it's like
2: it's like you don't have to like think too hard about it. It's just like good stories that you can always like pay attention yeah, to. Absolutely. Good banter between job. me and Lex. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you pointed at yourself. What if we did okay? This is just an idea. <laughs> this is for the podcast. You like pointed at yourself and an idea popped into my head. What if we did merch? This is first time we've ever said, like, what if
3: we do merchandise? Merchandise. Oh yeah. uh, you're gonna get good. some merch.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh that'd be crazy. Know. You might get sponsored be like yeah steal Brandon's machine, whatever yeah, it was. Machine. machine. Yeah. Yeah. Is, that, your, is, is that thing embroidered?
3: Your your sweatshirt is that
2: embroidered?
4: Oh yeah. This is his embroidery machine. That's what I,
2: so Yeah.
0: CBD,
3: yeah. Um, I'm always reading uh, a few different books. I just finished, because I, I always read some like young adult fiction, mostly because I work mm-hmm. in a middle school. I like young adult fiction. You know, I, I taught social studies, but when I moved here, I ended up teaching block classes, so language arts and social studies, and I uh, loved uh, teaching middle schoolers about reading and trying to help them find great books. And so I just read uh, Scandar and the Unicorn Thief. Have I you heard about know. this? No. Oh, it's a pretty new book, but it was pretty great. It's like unicorns that are like that fight uh-huh. and like have special powers, I really and nice like is what you're you reading. become like a unicorn writer. Anyway, it was what? good. Lexi, don't don't knock it. Reading level? It's like middle school. <laughs>
2: 100. So
3: mostly because I love reading middle school books, so that I can recommend them to students, and I think that That's they're pretty smart. good, right? Yeah. I mean, there's some pretty good middle school books, no, Percy are. Jackson. I I decided to reread it. I'm rereading Percy Jackson right
4: now. All right. Try rereading it. I couldn't get into it again.
3: What are you guys reading right now?
4: I'm reading All the Bright Places.
3: Oh, yeah.
4: I like that one.
3: Yeah.
4: And before that, I read Where the Crawdads Sing. Oh mainly <laughs> only because taylor swift wrote a song for the and i wanted to watch the movie but i wanted to read the book first so right.
3: the the shout out for for taylor swift right let's keep I've on
2: one thought. for do you, how do you feel about taylor swift
3: i like taylor swift yeah sure it's great yeah. yeah i wish that in her last album there weren't so many songs that had explicit lyrics i know you can listen to it on amazon music it, but i was like taylor there come on like yes you can find the
4: clean versions but i really wanted the cd
3: uh, and they don't have a right. clean
4: version of the cd Well, because if
3: you use the cds like they make a clock
4: yeah that and then they had an extra track on the cds oh, so they okay.
3: make a clock yeah,
4: yeah. like and the
2: back
3: of the album it's pretty
4: cool um but i got the cd and i it sucks because none of them are the clean versions right. but mm-hmm that extra yeah. song
3: so I, I like reading middle school kind of fiction like skandar and the unicorn thief you're gonna love it lexi when you see it <laughs>
4: i'm gonna bring it it's up gonna Titan be pretty Vision great
3: action. you should it's yep um i'm also reading uh the office ladies book because <laughs> oh, i love the office have you seen yeah, this yet
0: i have i've totally seen it
3: yeah they, it's pretty great
0: they do some stuff on youtube itself. yeah they have a, wow. they
3: have a podcast yeah that they that they Wait, do but they, like- they wrote a book about it about like kind of the behind the scenes of the the office. Oh, really? Like the show?
0: Yeah, yeah awesome. I think it's uh, the the lady that played Phyllis, Angela,
3: and it's Nora. just Angela and Pam. Oh, okay, yeah. so are like the, the regular hosts? Yeah, and then they're, they're like the authors of the book. Of, Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then I think we, Jason, I have talked about this. I am reading Unreasonable Hospitality by Will Gridara. and I love it. That's great. It kind of represents a lot of things for me, both. Uh, spiritually and professionally, um, about kind of like what I think is important. So
0: what do you think from that book? Cause I just started that too. And I shared it with the word council already. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are you uh, kind of gleaning from that so far?
3: Well, what I love about it. So like the idea for you guys that aren't reading it, <laughs> unreasonable hospitality, it's written by a guy who was kind of a restaurant manager in New York city, and uh, that his restaurant became, I don't know what the thing is in restaurants. What is it, Michelin stars? Or like yeah, some I'm stars, so something, I don't the know. The best
0: restaurant in New York. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
3: and it was because of this idea of unreasonable hospitality, that anything that the customer wants, you're gonna try to figure out how to provide it for them. Um, and the thing for me that kind of resonates with it is is—is really just about relationships, you know? I feel like, in uh, my work in education, it's all about relationships, relationships with kids, relationships with teachers, with parents, with families, right? Like trying to understand other people, what their needs are and then how you can best help them. And same in the gospel, right? I think that, you know, you can kind of look at the experience of the savior and, you know, just this past week we were studying about the miracles that Jesus performed and I just picture, this is like not in the Bible, but I picture Christ taking time to get to know those people and to minister to them one by one, uh, to really understand who they are. One of the uh, miracles that I loved reading about this week was just about the healing of the leper. And you know, where most people wouldn't have even given that leper at the time of day, wouldn't have talked to them, wouldn't have stopped to take time. And he was uh, just so generous and was able to see that leper uh, for who he was and who he could be and uh, get to know him, I think, and and know how to help him and then did whatever it would take to try to help them to become better. And uh, I think that's really what the gospel is all about and hmm. what education is all about. So it kind of works hand in hand for me.
0: I think uh, I, Going along with what you said, I, I think of the distance he had to travel to meet with just one individual person sometimes. Right. I think, do you watch the show The Chosen?
3: Uh, I've watched parts of it, but I haven't mm. watched it. Right? I, not that I'm, I'm not opposed to it yeah. at all. I just uh, haven't yet.
0: <laughs> There's one scene that always gets to me. It's uh, when he meets the woman at the well. Mm, yeah. That's to say. And he, you know, she's, she's just a little resistant at first right um but then you know he he tells her i'm i came all the way here for you right and yeah. it makes me think among other things how can i show up for somebody like that
3: right yeah that he really took the time to talk to her right yeah and uh and made a huge difference and i think that yeah that's to me that's that makes me just think about ministering and how we can all i know i can do a better job of that too i'm just really taking the time to get to know people and to love them and to figure out how we can help serve them better and help them to keep moving forward. So there you go.
0: Guys, we've been going a long time. Is there anything else you want to dive into? What Levi? What
1: Levi?
0: Oh oh, oh What's it's a good time. I that. think I
2: can guess what his favorite color is,
3: yeah, you know what my favorite yeah, color is. It blue? Right, Wait, <laughs> it right? is blue Jason it is blue yeah,
0: he's wearing blue
3: too i do have I do, really ha- I do own like an inordinate wall. amount of blue, like my closet is all mostly just blue do you have blue, a blue and blue brown suit? I do have <gasps> two or three <laughs> blue suits, yeah, you guys could swim. yeah, we could we I, could. I used to love the color blue i mean i do love any, the ducks yeah. i did you know like I, I do have some allegiance to the ducks as well and um so you know i i, I have quite a bit of green and yellow too i guess i've seen
2: some, but never any yeah. black
3: and red yeah never,
2: never red. <laughs> Your <laughs> corn
4: is black and red
2: <laughs> mr doctor professor That's mr fason o'brien keister do you have a green and yellow
0: suit i have a green suit i could you uh, have a green
2: suit yeah really? i just wore a green suit today Really? That's green. You weren't paying
0: attention.
3: So that's, that's
2: yeah, but when what I see, think, thinking of green, I think like the Lex, the, the color that Lexi's wearing green. Is it
0: like that? It's not that bright. But you yeah. should
4: wear you should wear those Crocs with your suit.
0: I should. I'm wearing those Crocs are, for the second episode. Those are in a row. very green.
2: <laughs> <laughs> They're very. Gotta green keep crocs. the streak alive. on it last time.
0: Yeah.
4: You should get a pair of yellow Crocs too and wear them mismatched
3: Yeah, I think you have a green Croc and a yellow Croc. That would be again. good. I can see the wheels turning over there. Yeah. He's going to go do that. I know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> maybe we can make a merch line yeah. of connection green and oh. yellow
0: Crocs. <laughs> I think we might do a merch line and we might promote it at the state golf tournament. But maybe just, yeah, yeah. maybe just T-shirts. Maybe that's just a great t-shirts. idea. Or
4: but
0: the volleyball
2: line. our uh, volleyball.
0: I had one thing I wanted to ask you before we close. Yeah. Because... One thing I've appreciated about you as a bishop and then as a stake president is you try to lay it out there that you're not perfect and you don't put yourself above other people. I think you really deliberately try to do that to anybody who's paying attention. Um, and this is a format where maybe you can reach out and you know share that vulnerability with the audience. But I I just uh, wanted to give you the time, if, you, if you'd if like to, if there's anything you wanted to share with the stake or members uh, that you're serving with. Um.
3: Yeah, well, um, most of the time I'm just in awe of the work and sacrifice and time that so many people give in the church. Um, and so I just am so grateful for that. I think almost every week whenever I'm Uh, I have meetings at the church. I come home and just tell Christine, like, there are just incredible people in our stake. Um, And so it's I I just feel blessed that I have this kind of a little bit of a front row seat to be able to see the incredible work that people do. But, um, you know, it has been a little intimidating or overwhelming to receive this call i think that like growing up in the church i always kind of had this idea or image of who and what a state state president was and uh, and whatever that image was is not what i feel about myself as far as you know kind of revered these men and kind of probably idolized them too much or felt like they were they were perfect individuals that kind of knew everything and had it all together and I'm definitely not that. I'm still figuring things out. Um, but uh, so, you know, I, I still feel somewhat inadequate. I know that I still have weaknesses. I'm still learning and still growing and trying to uh, learn more about the gospel of Jesus Christ and and who He is and uh, come to know Him more. And I think that's okay. I think that's where we all should be, right? I think if you ever get to the point where you're like, yep, I got it, I know everything, then I think you're in trouble. <laughs> and so I hope that everybody's continuing to learn and grow and that people are also patient with each other. You know, I, it, it, when Elder Nauman was here for our last state conference, I remember asking him, I was like, well, it's, it's different than my work because at work, these are employees that are paid. We're here, you know, we work in a church of volunteers. And he said, no, we don't work in a church with volunteers. We work in a church with covenant keepers. And that's a big distinction to make, that people are keeping their covenants as they serve. And they're just we are just people that are doing our best. And we need to be patient with each other. And um, like I said, it's incredible to see the amount of love that people provide each other. I'm sure that you probably see this as a bishop to just be amazed at the time that people give when I was serving as the bishop in the second ward. I'd say almost without fail, any time that there was uh, a death or that somebody needed support, I was hardly I, I don't know if I was ever the first person there. was always somebody else that was there before me that had heard about it and was willing to serve and willing to reach out and uh it's really the the beauty of the the gospel of jesus christ that you know our job is to just uh try to become better disciples of jesus christ to love the people that are around us um and to just look for ways that we can help each other you know the the world is chaotic and messy uh but we can help each other through it uh, because we have the gospel of Jesus Christ and um, can try to look for those opportunities to serve. So I'm just appreciative to everyone that serves in our stake and in the church and the love they have, not just for members of our church, but for members in our community. There's people in our stake that are doing incredible things and in our communities, and uh, we're just really blessed to, to know them and to learn from them.
0: Thank you for coming on the podcast and for sharing those words. I would say, along with other people serving with you, we appreciate your friendship and your mentorship. And I think that we feel empowered um, with you leading us. And we also feel like you always help us to stay inspired and believe in ourselves. and even being imperfect like you are and and we are I, I just I, I'm grateful for that. Thank you. Thank you right back at you. Um I appreciate you. Well, should we do our last question guys? Sure. Yeah. All right. Drew, do you have it memorized yet or
2: <laughs> I have another question that I've been thinking about but I was going to ask him afterwards.
0: Okay. Oh. I you should are, let Levi ask. Levi, me. you know what? This is a special episode for Levi. We're giving him yeah, some, some airtime. Levi, do you want my spot? Let's, let's do the question, oh, yeah. Levi. Come on in. Question, right? the, uh, Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> the
1: Jesus question. The
2: Jesus question.
1: Okay. <laughs> I, I memorized this question because awesome. it's such a fun question. It is. How has being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ um, played a role in your relationship with Jesus Christ?
3: I was like, verbatim, well done. Yeah, great job. I I love this question also. Um, I would say that it has literally been everything. Uh, My membership in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has provided me with the opportunity to uh, come to know my Savior more than I think I ever could. Uh, Through the covenants that I've made, uh, you know, as we've learned from President Nelson, we're bound to the Savior, and I can feel that, you know, as uh, you go through life and you face any sorts of challenges or questions that you might have, that through the covenants, through your baptism, through your receiving of the priesthood, and then through the additional covenants that you'll make in the temple. I, I just love this idea of binding yourself with the Savior. Sometimes we think of binding as not being a great thing, but to be joyfully bound, choosing to connect yourself like think of like a three-legged race right where you're like connected with another person and you tie a rope around your legs connecting you together that's really what the gospel of jesus christ and the, the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints has done for me is connected me in this three-legged race of life to the savior <laughs> knowing that he's uh he's with me there's times that i've been laying on the ground i think and he's just dragging me along um but uh you know i think the church has helped me to come to know him as my savior, my personal savior, and has helped me to know that uh, it's only through him that I can speak to my heavenly father, that I can return to my heavenly father and be with my family forever. And uh, I I love the savior and I know him because of my membership in this church.
2: Yeah, That's such a cool analogy. <laughs> the three-legged It's really funny. You'd would be the best, battle. like tag team partner,
3: relay team partner. Jesus would be.
2: Yeah. Jesus dragging you. You'd be like, "Here's the
3: game plan." Right. When we have like the Pioneer Day celebration up in heaven, everybody's gonna be like trying to get Jesus to be their three-legged race partner. <laughs> like, that's gun- gonna be somebody. Somebody's gonna up. pull this out of the podcast and say, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah." It's oh, great. I'm being pointed at. Well, thank you for coming on our podcast today. Thanks for having me. This is a fun one. I'm excited to see how long
0: it turned out to be.
2: Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think it's going to be our longest episode today. It
0: was very good. I have a feeling of, it might be longer. That's fine. <laughs>
2: okay. My bet is like an hour and a half. Wait, one's... Okay, are you ending it? Well, hour thank you.
3: And, and, hour and thank you. Are you guys Are you still recording? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you to all of you. Again, like I mentioned, I think this is such a great uh, thing for not just our stake, but for other people as well to get to know members of our stake. I know it's made a difference for me in my life. And I uh, I love this podcast. I love learning about the members of, of our stake. And I'm thankful for you guys. So thanks for taking the time to do it.
2: Are you going to listen to this podcast oh, yeah. that we just recorded?
3: I don't really like to listen yeah. to my <laughs> own voice. Are you
4: going to force your kids <laughs> yeah. to listen
3: to it? No, I it? can't. You know, if we've learned anything, we can't force our kids to do anything, right? Are you going <laughs> to force your wife to come on <laughs> to the
0: podcast? Yeah. yeah. I don't
3: think I'll have to. I think if you invited her, she'd oh, be yeah. willing to come. I already sure. have
2: something. Okay. Okay. Um, don't tell her this. But I already have something to tease you about with to her.
3: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, no, she is uh, the much better half of us. And so... That would be I'll tell you it's, it's pretty okay. good. It's pretty good. We ending.
2: Uh um, yeah. Bye. 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 Adios.
1: <laughs>
0: this episode of the Connection Podcast. We're on most podcast carriers, so please like and subscribe. The show's art is done by Joel Boreen, and the music is provided by Drew Boreen. We look forward to connecting to you next time. Until then, take care.